We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition. I'm your host, Kamir Marabian. Another game, another win for OKC. They go to Minneapolis, Minnesota in the Target Center where, of course, it's not just a place where you can just go and watch a game. It's a place where you can go shop. I love shopping at Target. It's wonderful. Anyways, Oklahoma City Thunder defeats the Minnesota Timberwolves 132-126, to and it is their first win against the Timberwolves this season. Let me repeat that. It's their first win against the Timberwolves this season. They've had the the uh, pleasure of sweeping both Utah and the Portland Trailblazers, and of course they were swept by the Denver Nuggets, who are pretty good, but they have not beaten the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves until today. So that's kind of depressing, but at the same time, it's just, well, they finally did it, so I guess we can just go home happy. Anyways, let's go to the numbers. Just strictly by the numbers, three-point percentage, Minnesota edges out OKC, shooting 44% from three, OKC 41%. Free throws, people want to complain about the free throws and discrepancies in the fouls, but at the end of the game, Minnesota only ended up shooting three more free throws. OKC was 22 of 26, which is good. Minnesota 24 of 29, so there's that. The rebounds, if OKC wants to win games, they must rebound out-rebound their opponent. It's that simple. They're not that great of a shooting team. That's something they'll have to retool during the offseason, maybe, if somebody wants to come to Oklahoma City. But rebounds, OKC edges them out 46-32. to 32. And that's with Steven Adams again for the second game in a row in foul trouble. 
Um, going on is the offensive boards. OKC out rebounded Minnesota fourteen to six in offensive boards as well. So there's that as well. But let's go to themes of the game. Just not just stats because the the stats don't tell everything about what happened. So like I said, OKC has not beaten the Wolves all year long, and that's been just really annoying. I think you know because here, like, the Wolves didn't have a lot of their players, and the fact that it was this close is really concerning, and I kind of hate it. So the Wolves were without Derrick Rose, Jeff Teague, Covington, Taj Gibson, Luol Dang, who doesn't really play that much, anyways. But they're without several pieces, and OKC, early on anyways, they started off pretty hot, and they played really, really nice defense, and they looked like they were going to run with this game by 20 points, and just didn't happen. As soon as that happened, as soon as that that six-minute threshold happened on the offensive and defensive end, OKC kept on scoring points, but... Defense wasn't there at all. I, I don't understand what was going on. And it was really, really frustrating. It's like, and I, I part of it is Steve Adams got into foul trouble, right? And you have Markeith Morris in there. And Markeith Morris has still not grasped the Thunder defense, I guess, because he's usually the one that's missing on help defense or he's usually the one that's lacking the rotation. So that could be a part of it. But it's just, it was just infuriating. It's mind numbing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense as far as what happened with the defense after that first quarter because it just, it looked really ugly. Wiggins, per usual, against the Thunder, refused to miss a shot. It was just contested, just contested jumpers. And he, he hit all of them. All of them just, went to the bottom of the net and you're thinking oh my gosh not again because the last time OKC faced off against this team they it was Carl Anthony Towns that wouldn't miss a shot and he was shooting all those things he wasn't even jumping he was shooting all those things flat-footed so you're thinking oh oh my gosh here we go again OKC's really gonna get swept by a really bad opponent at the same time you know they're tied or they're half a game above the Spurs and half a game below the Clippers, and if they lose, of course, they're tied for eighth and almost solidifies their position at eighth. Now they're tied for six, and we don't know if the we don't know if the Warriors are going to rest their guys or if they're going to play the Clippers. It's possible that OKC takes sole possession of six tonight, and that'd be interesting. So we'll see. OKC could still get to five realistically, but it's not going to happen. Um, the m- most realistic shot right now for them, honestly, it's either six or eight. I highly doubt they'd stay at seven. But anyways, Wiggins wouldn't miss a shot. He cooled off, though. He had 19 points midway through the second half, uh, second quarter, excuse me. And I thought, man, this guy's going to go for 40 because Paul George is guarding him. Everybody's guarding him. And he ended up with 24. So either he was missing shots, he just stayed out for longer, I don't really know what the case was. He didn't miss that many shots, so I guess he just took more rests and was denied the ball more often and was forced to pass, of course, to Cat, which he makes a lot of things, or he just gets fouled. 
that Josh Okoge, Okoge guy is kind of annoying, but at the same time, he's the guy that you want on your team. He's a defensive disruptor, doesn't really shoot the ball well, but he's always going to bring the hustle and the energy, which is something OKC really misses right now. You know, like Minnesota, especially Josh Okoge, that guy's playing full speed at the end of the year on a losing team that will not make the playoffs. So the only reason why, like what, what is the reason why he's playing that full speed? Why is he playing so hard right now? Why is he still playing that hard? And a part of it's because he's a rookie, but B, but he's just an energy guy and you wish OKC had an energy guy right now other than Russ. I mean, Russ, Russ is an energy guy, but at the same time, he lets it get the best of him. And like we saw it prime example that Josh Okoji, him and Josh, they were, I think Josh was ding up on him in the post, and Josh, you know, got got Russ to fumble it out of bounds or something, and Russ got the ball back, and he was ultra aggressive and got baited into an offensive charge, an offensive foul was a charge. It was, everybody saw that coming from a mile away, and I just don't get it. But anyways, let's talk about Dennis Schroeder awful in the first half that guy was terrible like I do not know what he was doing he wasn't really taking that many shots he was driving the lane like you want him to I mean that that's good you want him to drive the lane and he wasn't finishing and then his defense was absolutely horrible and then it it just it was abysmal like there were times he had a decent decent look uh, from the corner but he wouldn't take it then he would drive where he would drive baseline where the Minnesota Timberwolves had it sealed off and he would just throw some bullshit pass through traffic and it caused turnovers and it caused chaos and it caused easy buckets for the Timberwolves. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. So Dennis Shooter, really, 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 really bad in the first half. And of course, everybody starts saying, hey, like this guy sucks. He's only had like five good games the entire year. Maybe it's time to move on. And I, I didn't necessarily say that, but I said, you know, I'd really like to say Raymond get the, I would, I'd really like to see Raymond get Dennis's second half minutes. And I'm glad I was wrong. Uh, Steven Adams was a plus 31, but we have to keep in mind that Steven Adams was in foul trouble and he was on the floor for the times that OKC was on a run. So, I mean, that makes sense. But Steven Adams, can you not say how instrumental he was in tonight's or I guess this afternoon's win because Nerlens would get punished and pushed around by Cat, and then of course you put you're gonna put Markeith Morris on him on Cat, and yeah, I think Cat got a bucket every time down the floor at the very end of the game, but OKC kept on scoring buckets and kept on getting fouled, so that's what kept OKC in the win column. But, man, Steven Adams, so important. He played a much better game defensively on Cat this time around than he did the third game of the season, which he just got completely cooked. So there's that. But let's talk about second half. Schroeder and Morris both had really good second halves. Schroeder ended up with 21 points after going into the half, I think, with like five. And he just took, completely took control of the, I think it was the third quarter's and it wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't even like mid-range jump shots. It was simply just getting past his man and getting a layup. He playing fast, you know? That's what he does. That's what he's supposed to do is just to take his man off the dribble and take him to the hole. Either get fouled or get the bucket. Or maybe, hopefully, both. 
Morris actually had 14 points, and that's like a that's an odd thing to me because that's not something. It was a very quiet 14 points. It's not one of those things because Ferg had like 11, and you knew Ferg had 11 because he had those three uh, wide open for three pointers, and then he had the layup or whatever it was, or, or I don't know what it was, like the free throws. I think he missed. I don't know. I don't care. But you just. I figured Morris had like six, seven points. Then I look at the stat line, he had 14. That's pretty significant. So OKC's bench, which is pretty abysmal, especially without Abrinas and a lot of other guys. Now you're playing Raymond Felton regular minutes. Um, you know, it got them the win. So Schroeder, who was hurting the team a lot, ended up putting OKC in the driver's seat for the win because they went into, they, they got down double digits, Okay. And it got to the point where the OKC was down 10. You're like, are you kidding me? This, like, are are you serious? It was annoying. And you can't believe how bad it was. Because OKC gets out to a 14-point lead. And you're like, okay, sweet. OKC is finally going to punish the Timberwolves. I'm so excited. And then OKC, you know, they let them get close. And there's, you know, it teeters on... Okay, he has a six-point lead. Okay, he has a four-point lead. Okay, now we're just going to go back and forth with who has a tie, who has a one- or two-point lead. And it was like that, and all of a sudden, oh, what's his name? The white guy at the four. He was in the trade from Philadelphia. I can't remember his name right now, but he's got the mustache because he has the weird mustache because of the cleft lip. But anyways, he just started going ham off a of three. I think he hit three threes in a row. And you're like, okay, maybe this one was not meant to be. This is awful. I want to cry. I want to punch my TV. And this podcast was going to get very, very dark. And then all of a sudden, PG starts hitting shots. Schroeder starts making some more shots. And then OKC is only down by two going into the fourth quarter. And you're like, okay, this is salvageable. This isn't a bad thing right now. And then Shooter opens up the fourth quarter, just getting easy layups, easy buckets. And then the rest is history from there, besides the fact that the Timberwolves just fouled the crap out of OKC down the stretch, which let OKC stay in the lead. So uh, you're happy there. Now, a big thing that people don't realize, OKC had 27 assists. That's huge. Because in previous times, let's say OKC only has like 19 assists, 18 assists. And, you know, 12 of them are from Russ and the other's come from random places if okc only has like 17 18 assists 20 assists 19 assists whatever they lose this game they lose this game handily okc did not go full iso down the stretch they kept on running stuff and they kept on getting their assists and so okc was still sharing the ball what they need to do is stop sharing the ball with the other team because turnovers and really dumb turnovers were really hurting this team um, so that sucked, but sharing the ball was still a theme. They played tough defense at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but then it got too relaxed again at the end of the fourth quarter. Subsequently, when Steven Adams went out of the game, Steven Adams played a great game and Carl Anthony Towns gets a lot of foul opportunities and he gets a lot of foul calls. And you have to imagine like Russ and PG are, two stars in the game that just don't get the benefit of the doubt of foul calls. And they had that they had the referee on, I can't remember his name, but they had him on ABC. 
uh, Steve Javi. That's what it was. And like, hey, Javi, do a, the referees know who they're refereeing? He said no. That's 100% bullshit. That's 100% bullshit. Because you know why he, they know? Because the players are out there yelling them, yelling at the referees, letting them know. There's not really James Harden. The referees have no idea they're refereeing, refereeing James Harden on offense right now. That's a bunch of shit. It's really stupid. I'm glad that you're working for the NBA and you're making it sound all cool. But no, there's no way. Absolutely not. We all know the referees know who they're refereeing because PG doesn't get any calls. He doesn't get many calls. Russ, that guy should get more calls than Harden. He gets hit more than Harden and, and CP3 combined because Russ goes to the hole more than them. And but CP3's over there yelling at the referee. James Harden's yelling at the referee. They're not getting technicals, but Russ is. Uh, so it's just it's a bunch of crap. And after the game, Lisa Saunders, I think it was Saunders, she walks over to PG and is like, hey, what do you think of the game? And PG basically said there's some stuff going on this last game that he can't talk about. And Lisa's like, oh, why not? And he says, oh, I've lost too much money. And then I started thinking like, Wait, what's talking about? Like, did he go betting the night before? I wasn't thinking. She was like, well, what do you mean he lost too much money? He's like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it. He's like, he said he lost too much money. And then I realized, duh. He's talking about being fined because he gets bumped so many times. And, like, just going for a layup or being under the basket that nothing gets called. Really frustrating, really annoying, and I can't stand it. So, there's that. Anyways, my player of the game is Russell Westbrook. How can it not be? 27, 10, and 15, really big. I mean, I mean, the guy had 15 assists. He dished out nearly 20 assists again, and it's not easy. It's not easy. So Russ's got to be a player of the game. You could say Paul. You could say Schroeder, really. I'm going to go with Russ because he really deserved it. But anyways, let's talk about what's coming up. OKC has Houston in OKC on Tuesday and a back-to-back against Milwaukee at Milwaukee that following Wednesday. Who knows if Houston's going to be resting? Who knows if Milwaukee's going to be resting? I would bet Houston doesn't rest and probably blows out OKC. And then I would bet Milwaukee probably does rest. But anyways, OKC defeats the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Target Center in Minneapolis. Follow the guys on Twitter at ThunderMop405, at Taylor underscore P15. That's Taylor with an E. At CraneMBA and at OKC Tracker. Follow us on Twitter. Keep you guys in mind for the next podcast in ThunderUp. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.